NFTs, Meta, Privacy, Patagonia, and much more. We're going to talk about, about all of this on the 23rd episode of the Not Your Market podcast. Stick around. Hey, 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 welcome to the episode number 23 of the Not Your Market podcast. Long time no see, I know that, but I'm ready. Uh, I have enough time to shoot some episodes, so be prepared for a whole bunch of new stuff coming over. Um, I have so many great stuff planned on for the podcast in the coming in the coming month and coming weeks, so expect to to know a little bit more about that. So today we're going to be, as usual, talk about some of the latest news. I'm going to take you uh, throughout uh, some of the ones that I believe are the most important or relevant uh, from the past couple of uh, weeks. I'm also going to uh, let you know, uh, let you know my take on some of those, and I will also announce a new series of. Uh, episodes that are going to be publishing. I'm going to be publishing uh, in the NYM network, if we may, uh, that are going to help some people to understand some basic foundations of marketing and business. Uh, you will know if you're subscribed to this to this podcast uh, as soon as they go online, they go public, because I'm going to use the same feed. Okay. But, well, without any further ado, I would like to uh, thank you for joining me uh, once again and jump into, let's jump into the first headline. So the first thing that I wanted to mention uh, had to do with um, iOS privacy. And this was a news that I got from, I, I saw it on Morning Brew and the Morning Brew's uh, newsletter. Uh, and it, it comes from uh, a blog from a, an expert in Cole Felix Cross, as you can see, that mentions that, and this is something that is not, is not new, but uh, nevertheless, it's always interesting to know it for a fact that um, there are so many things that we may suspect that happens and that goes on with our mobile devices that uh, without having the proof, uh, it's difficult to argue. However, this has to do with uh, how companies like Meta and TikTok manage to override some of the iOS privacy features that allows uh, the users to let them decide what kind of information these applications can gather from them straight from the mobile phone. If you remember a few episodes back, I talked about the IDFAs and what that, that, what that meant for advertisers. And basically what was the Apple approach on privacy, giving more power to the users and more power, not only more power in the sense of they, that they would like, they are the one that are going to choose what they want to do, but also to be more informed about what kind of information uh, companies and other apps are gathering from them. Uh, so this is, uh, this is something else. You know that many times, and this is something that they have been, playing around, especially Instagram and TikTok, they have been playing around for this, uh, with this for quite a long time. 
if you click on any link, uh, you will, uh, I mean, it will open in a, an in-app browser. They're going to use uh, the WebKit uh, technology if you're using uh, Apple devices. However, it's not like if you, it's not the same as you were opening Safari, uh, I mean, as the browser uh, independently. It's one of the things that uh, it's mentioned in this blog post is that apparently there is a JavaScript that allows them to help gather more information about what if every user is doing when browsing the internet through those in-app browser features, which is essentially one of the things that IDFAs try to um uh, to I mean to forbid from from companies. If you remember, IFDA, IDFA, I'm sorry, identification for advertisers help companies to gather information from users when you move cross device, right? And it allows them to also understand what what were you doing, not only when you were using the mobile app, but also when browsing the internet, so they can connect the information. And this has to do. Uh, this is a great deal for, for everybody that works with attribution modeling. Uh, as you know, this is one of the things that uh, I have been researching for my PhD thesis and essentially was one of the best features that we could have for not missing that last mile of interaction when people used several devices when in the, through the online purchase decision process. So this is here's the thing. The idea was from Apple, from Apple's points of points of view, is that or was that they would allow people to choose and decide what kind of information and to which apps they wanted to share it. So nowadays, uh, this seems to be pretty straightforward because we are more or less aware of all this, how this work and so forth. However, it was not it was not always like that. And one of the things that um, hurt, I mean, one of the things that was hurt because of this Apple, this decision from Apple was the prices and the cost for adver- advertising through companies like, or platforms like Meta. Everything that had to do with Instagram ads, Facebook ads, and so forth. Also, TikTok was somewhat affected with that. Had to do with, if we cannot identify what kind of users we are trying to serve, uh, the bare foundation of this online advertising platform, which is essentially uh, offering a great segmentation tool to reach out to uh, selected uh, audiences, uh, well, was not there. Okay, so this is something that was something that we saw uh, almost immediately after this came into effect. But here's the thing: uh, there are some other ways they are trying to 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 keep tracking on that. So. Without, with that being said, it's not like everything had to do with the, that JavaScript event, okay? There are some other ways they can gather data, okay? Especially if you're using the in-app browser, um, because if you are connected through your um, mobile phone to your Facebook, or your Meta, your Instagram, or your TikTok accounts, and then you uh, stumble upon a website that uses a Facebook pixel or so forth, it is up to the settings that you have for that specific website on the on the in-app browser. Is not only is not even what you have set up for the Safari for the standalone browser. So this made things even more complicated, more complicated for the user. Okay, uh, and this is something that also 
makes uh, people a little bit worry about, I mean, what are they trying to do with gathering this much data? Uh, especially when you already said that you don't want it uh, or that you don't want to share that with uh, with them. So just one thing to, to keep in mind, okay? Another thing and another of the uh, another of the headlines that we were wanted to to cover had to do with um, let me just change this so you can see it. Mm -hmm. So uh, had to do with American Eagle, okay? American Eagle tapping on Roblox and Meta's uh, Quest Two, the second iteration of Meta, just to create a new experience to gather or to get to Gen Z customers. So. Why, I mean, you may argue, why am I talking about this? However, this is an article from Digiday. Um, it, 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 for me, it was pretty, pretty interesting because we have two things that uh, if you think, I mean, if you think fast enough, it would not go hand in hand. We have a, well, a not so popular brand uh, with Gen Z, American Eagle. American Eagle is... Uh, it's, I would say, more uh, of, of a waning brand, not because of the product itself, but because of the hype that it has in, in the customer base. Um, and you have this new set of tech tactics and strategies to get the attention to the very, the very youngest and more um, connected uh, segments of the of a new generation, right? Uh, one of the things that I that I keep asking many of my students, especially those who are on the first year in college or so, is how many of them are in in the metaverse, right? And every time I get I get even more surprised of how few of them are aware of the what the metaverse is, or I mean, what it, what what means for them, and are even inside, or I mean, have joined any any metaverse experience whatsoever. Um, and one of the things I always encourage them, and this is not because I have any stake or in the in the company or anything, is to at least open an account on Roblox, right? Because it's like the the for me, from my point of view, it's like the easiest way to understand what the metaverse means and what the metaverse opportunities are in the future, in the face of the future. So we have here one company that tries to appeal to that very, very, very young segment of customers. Uh, and that also have been investing a lot in Instagram and TikTok so that they can ramp up the marketing strategy to get to them. What, one of the things that we have to also keep in mind, and this is an, uh, something that in marketing consultant you get asked a lot, is, okay, should we go, should we try something on the metaverse? Should we be on TikTok? Should we... Uh, I don't know, start posting a lot of Instagram reels. And the answer is every time both yes and no, okay? So it's always, it depends on the resources, it depends on the strategic ob objective that you have. But more than that, it has to do with your customer. And it's not only asking yourself if your customer is on TikTok, if your customer is using metaverse experiences, if your customer is on, on Instagram or whatever. The question that, makes uh, more sense to ask you before making a decision in that front would be, 
would my customer value my presence there? Would I add value to them by having a metaverse experience, by having, uh, I don't know, by posting Instagram reels, by joining the latest trends and the latest, I don't know, challenges on TikTok? That is one of the things that we need to ask ourselves before even thinking if it makes sense for us to uh, move and do anything that is so radically different from what we were doing in marketing 10 years ago or 15 years ago. Uh, if you think about how we managed to do social media advertising and social media marketing 10 years ago, it was radically different and we already had Instagram and we already had Twitter and we already had Facebook and we had so many other great platforms that still nowadays exist, but the way we were using them, the way the customer valued uh, what they were offered in those platforms is uh, has radically changed. And this is another thing that we have to also keep an eye on. So next headline had to do with Dubai. Dubai and how they are changing or preparing uh, the stage for a revolution on cryptocurrencies. I don't know. I wouldn't say only cryptocurrencies. I would say a blockchain as it is. So here's the thing. This is an article from Crypto Daily. Uh, so uh, Dubai had released last week a crypto marketing rules to protect investors. If you're aware of how most of uh, crypto projects for uh, investments uh, are, work, one of the things or one of the key activities that you had to do is to raise a lot of awareness and interest from people that would be willing to invest in your project. Okay, this is something that is essentially for the, especially for those who are, uh, that are based on technologies like Ethereum. Um, and here's the thing, in many cases, mo many of those uh, projects has been deceiving for the investors and a lot of people have lost money and so forth. You know that Dubai has a really, really uh, forthcoming approach to block blockchain and they became the first, among the first uh, city-state, if you may, in this case, an emirate, um, that used officially blockchain technology for everything that has to do with the public administration. One of the things that they were trying, I mean, and this is no, no surprise for anybody, one of the objectives that they're following is that they want to attract people, young people, old people, people with resources, any kind of people so to live in the city and to work in the city, right? So in order to do that, they are embracing not only the latest technology, but also they have been improving every procedure that has to do with their public administration so that people can come and can travel and can move to Dubai as easy as possible. So with that being said, being the public sector so embracing of blockchain, what makes sense is to have is for them to have an even more structured uh, environment for cryptocurrency or crypto projects because it's not only about cryptocurrency and this is why I'm keep mention that maybe this is just a sort of a framework for blockchain uh, as as a whole. So one of the things that 
we may be paying attention to is that they keep being one of the most advanced society. I don't. I wouldn't say only society, but the system uh, in preparation for using blockchain and implementing blockchain in many stages of individuals and life. And if that still, if the, is that still happening in the future, I would say that most certainly they're going to be the ones setting or yeah, marking the path that everybody else is going to be following uh, because obviously the first one who enters into a new technology technological field is going to be testing so many things and it's going to be learning for from the experience that they are getting and most certainly most of us are going to be following them. So it's, it's always good to watch what it's been done in terms of blockchain there just to have a little bit of understanding of in terms of, especially in terms of laws and legislation, but not legislation, but legal framework, uh, we are going to have probably in the near future. So there's, uh, I would say that, I mean, this arguably could be one of the most uh, anticipated things that in marketing or in the advertising, online advertising field, uh, we have been expecting to have uh, for quite a long time. And it has to do with an advertisement on Netflix. Uh, as you know, Netflix, a uh, few, uh, I would say, that, I mean, they have mentioned that intentionally uh, a few years ago that they plan to uh, add an ad supported tier of subscription for the for for their whole platform and they have now uh well quite a quite a long time now they have uh already um said publicly that they will they're they're working on that and that, that it, this is something that is coming and we are still gathering some information of how would that look like uh i i would say that probably the best uh clue or the best guess that we can have is what looking at what the hulu uh, advert self-serve advertisement platform uh, works like. I would say that probably we're going to have something very similar, but it's not clear enough because they have not given anything um, for for uh, anything away. So in this case, there's so much, only so much thing that we know. And this is an article again from the uh, from Mar this is from Marketing Brew from the newsletter uh, from September the second. And one of the things that they mention is that it is expected for um, to have a CPM of around 65 US dollars. So we're going to have around 60, 65 um, cost uh, dollars, paid, I mean, a cost of 65 US dollars for reaching out 1,000 1, viewers, which is not necessarily bad. However, what would be for me uh, really important is how will the segmentation criteria work like because you one of the things that Netflix does really really great is to have the algorithm classified us in different I mean different segments or, or different groups right depending on what kind of things we see what kind of things we like and so forth so what would be really interesting is how would they manage to gather or to get that information into nurture a more robust uh, profile for each of the customer. They expect for the CPM to reach or to to rate to to I mean to go up by uh, a few dollars up to 80 US dollars. Uh, however, is not so clear. But also 
This is something that many other platforms are going to are, are following. Disney Plus is also introducing an ad supported tier. Um, HBO Max is going to do the same. Peacock already does, and we know that Discovery Plus is also thinking of doing that. So uh, we're just at the very very verge of having what would be the most similar to what we had with uh, cable television, but the only difference would be that you're going to have to pay for every channel channel individually, okay? Um, And this is something that probably if you, I don't know, if you go and ask some people, uh, there are some people that they don't, they don't really care about having some ads if that means that they're going to have to pay less for this, especially those who are still used to the regular TV format where you have a 25, 28-minute show and you have some commercials, uh, interruptions. Uh, for them, it's going to be probably easier and it's, they're going to be probably the most, uh, I mean, the ones that are going to first adopt this. However, the the big, big, big question is, would this be a tactic that is going to bring more customers to those streaming platform? Or is this something that is going to help them retain those who are just waiting uh, for any minute to um, to change or to give away or to, to, to cancel the subscription? Um, this is something that we will have to wait and see. Uh, me personally, I don't see myself downgrading my uh, my subscriptions just because once you get used to not have those commercials it may be very difficult for you especially from the customer experience point of view however i mean there there are so many different cases that for sure we're going to start seeing a lot of data which is going to be interesting i'm going to come and revisit this topic once uh we have seen uh many of those already open they had supported tiers uh for those streaming platforms and when they already have uh a few months on so that we can check on the data that that we have So another thing, and this is because this episode is being recorded on September the 18th. Uh, Another thing that is being really uh, newsworthy nowadays is had to do with the uh, funeral service of uh, Queen Elizabeth II. And there is, as usual, there is something for everybody. If you are about gossips, you can you have something about gossips uh, with this topic. If you want some something about business and so forth, uh, politics and everything, right? But let's try to take a look at the impact that this is going to have on marketing. So uh, this is an article from the Drum that explains how advertising is going to change or stop or being halted. For uh, during the uh, Queen's uh, funeral service on Monday, uh, Monday, September 19th. So one of the things uh, that is important is that television, most of the television uh, platforms are public uh, in, the United, in the United Kingdom, uh, has not been interrupted with commercials, you know, that BBC and so forth, they are, they don't have, um, they don't have commercials. However, uh, one of the things that, uh, I mean, that are interesting is that during the funeral service, most of the private channels are going to also halt the commercial interruptions. Okay. Which is interesting. I mean, interesting in the sense of, um, they would have to reschedule some of the, 
uh, ads and, and spots that have already been purchased. But one of the things that amazed me a little bit uh, or the most about this uh, new story had to do with the out-of-home platforms. Uh, and that has to do with that every static, I mean, being non-digital advertisements are going to be uh, take, I mean, are, are going to be taken down, especially those who are going to be in the route of the of the funeral service, which is, uh, I mean, for me, clear. Um, from it, 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 I would say it's amazing. Um, it's just a reflection of how embedded the. Uh, tradition of the monarchies in the system of in the United Kingdom uh, that doesn't have to do that, that that doesn't have to be anything bad or, or good it's just something that for me was interesting just to have the whole logistics being planned for this for the digital out of home um, platforms most of them have been already given away their spaces to either send um, messages um, celebrating the life of the queen or just to have uh, to be in, in total uh, in total dark as a, as a symbol of respect. Uh, with that, there, there are some, some other things. For 30 minutes, uh, the skies of the United Kingdom are going to be sil- silenced because all the, ca- all the fl- flights are going to be canceled, either canceled or rescheduled. Um, for some, uh, for the radio and cinema, also some some of the things are going to be closed down during the during Monday. So it's going to be a an interesting thing to to witness uh, for everybody that is not uh, British. I would say to see how the whole country come to a complete stop or halt um, to celebrate something that uh, of such great uh, meaning for them. Uh, and how that could transpire in many, into many different aspects in different areas of the society, not only economics, politics, marketing, and so forth, uh, which is, for me, at least uh, very, very interesting. So, uh, last but not least, this was huge, this news. Uh, had to do with uh, Patagonia's uh, founder, even Chenard, uh, um, they go giving away the company. Well, it's not like giving away the company, but it is. It kind of is. Uh, the company for helping or for setting a trust fund for um helping to fight climate change and well the environment. You know that Patagonia has already been very truthful to its uh, values and for the, how how much they care about the environment. So. Um, what they essentially did was that uh, 100% of the stocks are going to be given away for uh, giving, I mean, for having all the money that is not being reinvested in the company, which would be the benefits uh, for every stakeholder, um, to be invested in the fight against climate change, which was huge. I mean, this was. Uh, by some people, it's around uh, three billion US dollars. What we're talking about. This is our, an article from Marketing Week that explains a little bit of what they're planning to planning to do. Uh, they are not going public as any large company would do. They would stay somewhat private just to help all those resources to be allocated to something that support the core values of the company, the core values of the brand, and to 
I mean, to try to make a change, make an impact, even more than what they have been already doing by creating and manufacturing all these clothing in a sustainable and respectful way for the for the environment, which is, if you ask me, um, really interesting, and it's also quite unique. And this is ha- this is why everybody was talking about this throughout the week. So uh, my my I would I would have to say I will take my hat off for what uh, this uh, founder this. Yvonne, Yvonne uh, has has done with with this company because it's showing the true the true commitment uh, that he has for the company, and this is only expected to have a huge impact, positive impact in the brand perception and the brand equity. So this is something that for sure uh, we're going to keep an eye on to later on see what the the real impact was. So um, uh, with that, we're going to be wrapping up uh, the headlines. Uh, I would like to thank you again. I will. Tr- I try. I try to keep this episode short, uh, as sure as I could. Um, so I will be launching this new series of uh, episodes, which are going to be marketing one hundred and one, uh, which are not going to be only about marketing. We're going to be talking about uh, business as well. The first episode, uh, we're going to be talking about the Boston Consulting Group Matrix and how that is a tool that we can use to understand the market, our product, and how we can leverage the opportunities out there for our company. As usual, if you enjoy the episode, uh, please uh, make sure that you're subscribed to, I don't know, any podcast subscribe, uh, subscribe uh, service that you have. YouTube, any social media, you may follow me again also on on LinkedIn, Instagram, or whatever. Thank you so much for spending this time with me. Uh, Any comment will be greatly appreciated. And see you next time. Limpy out.